Welcome in. You're listening to Moe and McGee on Fantasy. What a fruitful week for me. It's a big win in the TKD League. That always gets me fired up, but I do lose CMC. Um, so mixed feelings. Mixed feelings. How about you, Logan? Yeah, Kevin. You lost in Mega Bowl, so your season's over there. Um, we don't need to talk about how my season ended in Mega Bowl. Um, just that yours is now over as well. So it's all Thank good. You. All square. Um, you. you know, up and down weekend for me. My Hawks. Iowa Hawkeyes made Big Ten championship, so that's exciting college. Um, but Vikes lost, fantasy teams lost, just not good. However, Kevin, I went two for two on my write that downs, and I semi went two for two on my flex play. So on this podcast, I was winning. <laughs> and that's what counts, uh, getting the good information to the listeners. So uh, why don't we get it? Fired up right away here with uh, some of those flexible, or I'm not, oh boy, we're going to have to edit that one out. Um, some names to remember. I'm trying to skip ahead to the third episode. Uh, it'll be the yeah. second episode in this one. Um, but names to remember. Who is no, yeah, names you mentioned, to remember this week? Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, we're going to go uh, only two episodes this week. Um, so we'll do the recap slash strategy here, and then we'll drive into the uh, primer. But I have a name to remember, Kevin, and that is Antonio Brown. And the reason I'm bringing up Antonio Brown is an interesting little nugget that I found. Now, uh, he's been kind of a mess, had a fake COVID card. Um, you know, he he's generally just a not good person. However, Kevin, I'll give you uh, some guesses here. So there's three players that are clearly in the lead for points per 100 snaps. Uh, can you name the three players? One has to be Christian McCaffrey. No. No. Okay. Points per 100 snaps. He's not there, huh? Okay. Uh, so Antonio Brown's obviously in this list. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yep. Christian McCaffrey's uh, eighth, by the way. Are, are they all receivers? Two running backs and Antonio Brown. Mm, okay. Big plays. Uh Derrick Henry get in there? He's on the field all the time, so that might hurt him. Yeah, he he's 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 uh sixth. Okay, I'll throw out one more guess here. Pass catching back. I'm gonna go maybe Najee Harris. No, Cordero Patterson and Jonathan Taylor lead points per 100 snaps. Kevin, come oh, on. Two of the best players. Uh, they're just a little <laughs> bit further down the list, I guess. Okay, whatever. Um, but surprisingly, Antonio Brown is third on that list. So, I mean, some luminaries, you mentioned them already. Cordell Patterson, who's been a stud. Jonathan Taylor, best running back in football currently. Uh, And then Kareem Hunt, Eckler, Chubb, Henry, McCaffrey, Mixon. And Antonio Brown's right up there. Uh, The reason I'm saying to remember him is the Bucs passing offense just really hasn't looked the same since he's been on, uh, since he hasn't been on the field. I think he opens things up for, for Brady Godwin and Evans. Um, and I think once he gets healthy for this stretch run in fantasy, he's going to be a guy who, um, you know, might have a couple bust games, but is going to be really valuable to have as at least like a wide receiver three and, you know, a slam dunk flex play the rest of the way out. Yeah. He's been really hot this season. Um, and if you saw 
the game last week, it looked like Brady was trying to feed Grunt the ball. I expect that to be the same situation when Antonio Brown gets back. I don't know if it was, oh, look, I have this guy back. Um, I'm going to feature him. Um, if that'll be the same situ- situation with Antonio, or if it's just um, him having a repertoire with um, Gronk, and I expect that that rapport um, to um, proceed with Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown's back. I, I do like that as an angle member. Yeah, and uh, on the flip side, my name to forget is Zach Pascal, um, a guy who at the beginning of the season was, you know, pretty hot, Kevin. He had a few touchdowns. He was getting looked at pretty heavily in the red zone. Um, last three games, though, Kevin, 2.9, 0.9, 1. 1.2. Has two catches for 21 yards in that span. Um, has a combined 10 targets over the last three games. As T.Y. Hilton has returned, Zach Pascal has been forgotten, and I believe you can be dropped. He can be forgotten about. You don't need to be looking at, uh, oh, Indy's playing Houston. Maybe Zach Pascal will pop up. Nope. He's done. Yeah, I totally agree. First option in that offense is hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. Second option is throw the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then, you know, maybe the third, third option is to get the ball to Naeem Hines, if not. Uh, Michael Pittman. I think you have to keep going down that list pretty far before you start seeing Zach Pascal. Um, I I totally agree with Ty back. I think that phases out Pascal. All right, Kevin. Who do you got? Uh, it looks like you might have targeted one team with your uh, remember and forgets. Yeah, um, and a lot of this is uh, motivated by the potential quarterback change here um, over in New Orleans. My name to remember is Traquan Smith. Um, we, we saw last year when Taysom Hill got some run, uh, the, he was really only looking one way in the passing game. And that was Michael Thomas on a lot of short plays, not throwing the ball downfield. I think he's going to be looking at another big target in Traquan Smith. Um, he's had a few solid weeks here now, 14.4 points, 11.4, 7.1, um, and some juicy matches, matchups coming up, um, Dallas, the Jets, the Bucks. Um, I, I think a good name to remember and keep your eye on, and maybe even scoop up is Traquan Smith. Absolutely, and you mentioned it. Taysom Hill coming in, um, maybe jump starts this uh, Saints offense as, along with Kamara, hopefully returning to health. I like Traquan Smith as a as kind of the number one option in the passing game uh, after Alvin. Uh, and speaking of Alvin Kamara coming back, you can totally forget about Tony Jones Jr. Um, he did get quite a bit of run this last game with both Ingram and uh, Kamara out, but uh, didn't do hardly anything with it. Um, yeah, I believe he had, uh, what was it, 14, I'm sorry, 16 carries for 27 yards, um, no catches. You saw Ty Montgomery getting involved in the passing game. If you, you were holding on to Tony Jones Jr., it was a handcuff thinking, I could get this guy um, – in my in my lineup, if Kamara goes down, and that's just has not been the case. Ingram's ahead of him, um, and even when both of them are out, I don't think he can be productive enough, especially with Taysom Hill coming back, because um, that's going to scalp up um, those goal line carries as well. Yeah, and um, I don't think we really plan on talking about it, but pick up Taysom Hill. He's going to be uh, very fantasy relevant coming up. Um, Kevin, next segment is next man up, and... Um, 
you know, we're talking about the reliability of these running backs, and a lot of them are unreliable. But do you know what is reliable, Kevin? Ordering your groceries through Instacart, uh, especially with the link instacart.oloiyb.net slash FFL. That Instacart is reliable. You will get your groceries delivered through Instacart to your house. You don't have to move. You can sit on the couch, watch football, get those nachos delivered to you, uh, eat them up. That is reliable. Yeah, definitely more reliable than a uh, top 10 running back. That's for sure. Yeah, and boy, did they go down this week. Um, we'll start with my guy and then maybe uh, head to yours. Dalvin Cook goes down. Uh, you know, we've seen this before, but this looks like a few more weeks than normal. Usually he's only banged up for a week or two, but this looks like to be three, four weeks, maybe through the end of the season. Uh, Dalvin Cook with a separated shoulder and torn labrum. Uh, this is pretty simple, Kevin. Uh, I think Alex Madison turns into a top 10 running back the rest of the way. Um, in the years where he's been given the feature work, it's been a little spotty this year, however. It's been pretty spectacular. He's getting a lot of the run. Um, you know, even it kind of appears to be more run than Dalvin's getting because they would try to sprinkle in Madison with Cook. And now with Cook out, they kind of just use Madison. One name to remember, you know, just as a Vikings fan who watches a lot of games, knows the roster, Kenny Nwangu, who's had two kick return touchdowns. I think they are looking to get him the ball a little more, bit, bit more involved, but I don't think anything more than 10 touches a game is, you know, that's going to be kind of his ceiling, I believe, unless he goes nuts against the Lions this week, which, you know, could happen. But I like Madison as a safe top 10 RB the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I, that was going to be my question was how much Nwangu was going to, um, you know, cut into that. And I, I'm with you thinking it's not going to be that much. My concern is where he's cutting in is going to be some of those little screens and trying to get them in space some of those higher value um uh plays that could i mean we, we saw madison do pretty well with those a few times a season taking um some of those short passes uh quite a few yards downfield um that's my only concern otherwise just hammer madison if you have them you're going to play him uh, and we'll go to a little bit of a murkier situation with uh, the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't know, Kevin. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Dalvin is quite, is injury prone, I would say, but nothing compared to Christian McCaffrey the last two years. Uh, I hate I hate calling somebody injury prone, but it's becoming more and more of a thing with Christian McCaffrey. Um, part of me thinks the Panthers are just like. We can't get this quarterback situation figured out. Let's just get a top eight pick. Hopefully not spend it on a quarterback. I don't like any of the quarterbacks in this draft. But this <laughs> segment is next man up. Who is the next man up? Chuba Hubbard, the guy that we saw earlier in the season. He will be in on early early down pass work or early down work. Um, I think uh, they've really liked what they've seen out of Amir Abdullah in the passing game. Um, so I this is going to be more divided than I think we saw earlier in the season i'm not hammering chuba hubbard the way that i'm hammering um alexander madison for sure i i i do think that there's going to be a lot more cut in um, on that so temper your expectations on chuba but he is probably the, the guy to have yeah and a lot of leagues trade deadlines are going to happen uh you know as this episode airs probably at, at you know wednesday night 
trade deadlines. I think Chuba Hubbard is a nice trade asset right now. Someone who maybe isn't paying attention closely to the Panthers situation. As you said, they like Amir Abdullah. I think this is going to be, you know, if not 50-50, like 60-40 Hubbard uh, with Abdullah getting that 40 and the valuable passing work. Um, So, yeah, I I am not hammering Hubbard. I Actually, if you rostered him, I would try to trade him for, you know, maybe a little safer option like Elijah Mitchell or something like that where you're going to get guaranteed uh, workload because we don't know with Hubbard. Um, Another situation we don't know about is uh, DeAndre Swift goes down. Looks like he's going to be out just this week, Kevin. Maybe, you know, there's Matt Campbell said it's going to be tough for him to play. Um, sounds like he'll be back next week, if not this. Um, does Jamal Williams against the Vikings or, um, you know, they have some other options in there. Does, does anything intrigue you uh, this week? Yeah, I think it's just Jamal Williams by default. Um, I don't expect Jamar to get uh, that involved um, as another running back in that offense. I really think that maybe this is going to be an awakening for TJ Hawkinson potentially. Um, soaking up a lot of those checkdowns potentially, um, but nobody that isn't already rostered. I, I really, I think nobody benefits from a DeAndre Swift uh, injury on this. Yeah, if you have um, Jamal Williams, you know, hopefully by this point of the season you have some better options. If you don't, I think he's probably usable as a flex play. Uh, the Vikings do tend to get gashed in the run, so if De- if Detroit is going to want to play. Uh, if they're going to want to, you know, compete against the Vikings, they're going to have to run the ball. And uh, he'll probably get, you know, 15 to 20 carries, which is absolutely usable. Uh, another name, big name that went down, might play, might not play, Debo Samuel. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk has been rising, steadily rising. Uh, if Debo Samuel's out, are you hammering Ayuk as a wide receiver two play this week? Yeah, and honestly, I'm probably hammering um, Ayuk anyway, just because we, we've seen him do very well with um, the opportunity that he's given. He's top 10 in um, uh, receiving yards since week eight. He's uh, been really solid, even with Debo healthy. Um, if Debo's out, it's just going to push even more his way. Um He's the guy that's going to benefit most from this. Anybody else? I, I do have a name to throw out there. Um, if you don't. Yeah, I, I was going to just say, I mean, Elijah Mitchell owners have to be really happy about this because um, Debo Samuel was taking like 10 carries away, but he was also taking really valuable red zone carries away, Kevin. And, you know, Debo being out, I don't think they're going to use Ayuk in that way. I think it just boosts, boosts Elijah Mitchell for this week um, facing a weak Seattle run defense. Uh, I think he's kind of in that uh, running back one territory if Debo is out. Yeah, and the other name I was going to throw out there was uh, Juwan Jennings. He's not a guy that you should be really too excited about, but he did score a touchdown against the Vikings um, in week 12 there. Um, Yeah, had a couple nice uh, catches. Yeah, one to keep your eye on. Um, Not anybody that I'm playing, but potentially rostering. Um, One more, you know, this isn't really... I didn't know where to put this, Kevin, but there's been reports, you know, there's been soundings that Zeke is going to sit out a couple weeks. Where do you rank Tony Pollard if Zeke is out? 
Um, if, if Zeke is out, I'm probably putting Tony Pollard as a high-end RB2. Um, I, I don't think there's enough there to push him into the RB1 tier. Um, I, I think a lot of this just moves to the pass. Um, Jerry Jones did come out and say that he expects Zeke to get a full workload this week. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know who you believe, if it's the coach or the trainers or the owner. Um, we do know that Jerry kind of runs things. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm playing Pollard probably regardless of, of, of Zeke's, well, not regardless of Zeke's inactive or not, but I'm going to be monitoring that uh, that an hour and a half before kickoff to see where, where Zeke falls. Yeah, I don't think Zeke's going to get a full workload. Um, you know, Jerry Jones famously said that Dak Prescott was going to play uh, before Cooper Rush got the start against the Vikings. So, you know, I think Jerry looks at the, the Cowboys as his fantasy team. Yes, he would love Zeke to get a full workload on Thursday night. Um, but, you know, I don't think that the coaches are that dumb to play a hollow Zeke when you have a healthy Tony Pollard. Um, this is going to be a 50-50 split uh, if Zeke plays and maybe even, you know, more lean towards Pollard. Um, I really like Tony Pollard. I'm, I would be super excited to just see him get a full workload and see what that looks like because – I believe he makes bank uh, in, in this next offseason because I believe he is a free agent. Um, I think he can go get himself a you know a starting gig somewhere and be a really nice player. Definitely. He, he's shown it in Dallas, and I, I think he'll at least have the opportunity elsewhere. We'll see what he does behind a different offensive line. Yep, let's, Kevin, let's go into hot or not where um, – you know, there's been some running backs that are super streaky, uh, but have been on a super hot streak. Uh, let's start out with Lenny Fournette, playoff Lenny, Super Bowl Lenny. Uh, I believe he also goes by Barstool Lenny uh, on some occasions. But this week it was four touchdown Lenny, and boy, he's been on fire. Yeah, he has been. And, you know, he probably could have had a fifth touchdown um, if they didn't get Ronald Jones on the field for the last one. Um, it kind of felt like. We're in, we got to let somebody else get one here. Um, and I, I think the big caveat to this is you do have guys coming back. Gronk is going to be more featured in the offense. Antonio Brown eventually coming back. Mike Evans isn't going to do that poorly on a given week. Um, Chris Godwin's not going to totally disappear on a given week um, again. So I, there are guys coming back. But the important thing is Fournette is going to get goal line work. And on a good offense – you like having that running back that has the opportunity to score touchdowns. So I think he can keep it going. Yeah, and after the bye, Kevin, listen to these catch totals, eight, six, and seven. Um, you know, that is the recipe for a, a, you know, a top, top fantasy running back. Um, you know, the carries have not been there. You know, after the bye, he had 11, 10, this one big, 17, but – um, you know, if he's getting five, six catches a week, uh, you know, he has a very nice floor now, which he did not have previously. Um, you know, it's it's so strange to me how this guy was, this, you know, a big superstar with the Jaguars and they never threw him the ball. Now, you know, we're seeing how a competent offense, a competent team can use uh, Fournette in space like that. So I think he continues this run and has a really nice floor. Uh, throughout the fantasy, the rest of the fantasy season. Definitely. How, how about this next guy, Kendrick Bourne, another big week, 23 points. Um, is, is that something that you can keep, 
continue to expect from him, or um, is he going to fall back to fall back to earth a little bit and be the Kendrick Bourne that we expected? It's kind of weird, Kevin. I'm on the fence about this, so I kind of need you to settle it. Um, you know, the last three weeks, which is he's been on fire, right? He is second in the team in targets still, so he's behind Jacoby Myers. Uh, he is leading the team in receptions. Um, however, he was only on the field. He was third uh, in wide receiver snaps. Uh, he's running behind Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I just don't see – I don't think he can be this efficient the rest of the season. So I, I think I'm a not on Kendrick Bourne just because, um, you know, I'm not going to rely on this guy to be a touchdown maker like he has been. I know Mac Jones is kind of zeroing in on him on these, you know, red zone plays. But Jacoby Myers is is – a lot better of a receiver. Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith are both now healthy in, you know, massive red zone weapons. So I'm going to say not. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Here's some names that Kendrick Bourne has um, outscored so far this season. Devonta Smith, um, Melvin Gordon, uh, Amari Cooper, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. Um, the list goes on and on. Um, just how we expected, right? Kendrick Bourne to outscore those guys. Absolutely. Um, I think there's going to be some touchdown regression, which is really where he's made his bank um, uh, these last three weeks, um, three touchdowns in those last three weeks. Uh, I don't think that's going to continue. They'll, they'll find ways to get some of those other guys involved in, in the red zone, and some of those big plays just aren't going to happen reliably. So I expect this to be a net, unfortunately, for Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, let's go. Uh, a guy we've talked about a few times on the pod, Kevin. Jalen Waddle kind of has his uh, breakout day. Well, he's this is his second highest score, but two weeks in a row, over 20 points, had 28, had 10 targets, nine catches, 137 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he does have a bye in week 14, which is tough, but listen to the schedule, Kevin. He gets the Giants next in the playoffs, Jets, New Orleans, Tennessee. You know, nice, pretty nice for Jalen Waddle. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been on a tear, and without Devontae Parker coming back, without Will Fuller coming back, I think um, it's been the same story from Flores. Um, we're we're going to work those guys out and see if they can practice, um, and so far it's been no. So as long as those guys are out, Traylon Waddle, they can't go away from him. The Dolphins have looked good. It's been working. Um, they're they're going to keep rolling with them. Kevin, I know we are not big dynasty guys, but I'm sure there's some dynasty listeners. Uh, you know, how high up on the wide receiver board do you think Jalen Waddle is kind of climbing in dynasty rankings? Dynasty rankings are always tough because I do feel like they they look really far into advance, um, and I think that younger players do get overranked sometimes there. Um, so if I'm falling in line with that, kind of following industry standard. Um, expecting this dynasty league to last, I, he's got to be a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, either Tua develops or Miami goes a different direction in quarterback to Sean Watson. I know Russell Wilson, you know, kind of feigned interest in joining Miami as well. Looks like that marriage in Seattle might be coming to an end. Um, so it really interesting if they get a if they get a nice quarterback if Tua develops. Um, I'm big time in on Jalen Waddle. 
Uh, a guy who daggered me this week in fantasy, Kevin, and that's Antonio Gibson, your guy, uh, one of your favorites. He's been uh, kind of on a massive carry streak out of the bye 24-19-29 and has the big 23-point explosion with seven receptions on Monday night. Yeah, and uh, the big thing that happened on Monday night was McKissick went out and you, you saw him get, you saw Antonio Gibson pick up seven receptions um, in that game. As long as McKissick's out, I, I think Gibson's going to be involved in the passing game, and that's just icing on the cake for a guy that's already incredibly efficient with what he gets. Um, you hope that shin holds up. That's that's my big concern, um, and maybe why I wouldn't be you know reaching with both hands to try to grab him. But if you can get a decent price on him, um, especially in Dynasty, oh my gosh, Antonio Gibson should be hammered in Dynasty. Yeah, and um, so you know, you mentioned J.D. McKissick going out, but there's also some players coming back to the Redskins that I think opens up the offense. They got Chris Samuel and Logan Thomas back from IR, um, and you saw on Monday night that the Washington offense has a lot more players than than it has in years past. Um, can maybe open things up for Antonio Gibson. Um, let's head into our bums of the week, Kevin, and you know, uh, I'll let you start. Who's your bum? Um, my bum of the week is Devonta Smith. Um, not at all what you expected um, for a player that had been pretty hot um, in the last few weeks, facing a pretty favorable matchup, in, or at least what felt like a favorable matchup in the Giants. Only puts up 4.2 points. Um, it, I mean, you were playing Devonta Smith with the expectation of he'll get me 10 safe and you know, upside of 22, um, but didn't happen for you. Bum of the week, Devonta Smith. Yeah, my bum of the week is DK Metcalf. Um, interesting stat, he is, he was the fifth most started wide receiver in uh, in ESPN leagues this week, Kevin, and uh, he returned 2.3 points. I believe he got his first catch with like, uh, you know, a minute 30 left in the game. Um, he only had four targets. This was just ugly. And so Washington team that, you know, has been beat through the air this season. Um, that Seattle team is a mess. If you have DK Metcalf, I would be worried. Um, uh, and, and he completely wrecked a week for some people, um, 2.3 points. Yeah. The hope for DK is, is Russell Wilson gets healthy, but I think you have to give serious pause if you have other starting options, um, that to push DK out, out of the lineup until you see evidence that Russell Wilson is more healthy and more accurate and can get him the ball. Um, Cause we're, we haven't seen that. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin, we mentioned we're, we're melding the strategy episode with our, pro, with our recap. So let's head right into buy and sell. I added a, a couple extra names than usual because this is a big trade week for a lot of leagues. Um, the first guy on my list is Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore kind of came back to earth this week, had 9.3 points. Zach Wilson came back as well. I don't know if the rapport between those players is as as good as you know Elijah's was with the rest of them. Um, but where are you at with trade value and Elijah Moore? Um, he, he's a guy that I'm, I'm probably buying on this little bit of a dip. He did see the second most targets that he's seen all season with eight in this game. Didn't find the end zone. You know, if he found the end zone, 
that 9.3 points turns into 15.3, and it looks a lot better. Um, I think they are going to try to get him involved. He's not going to score a touchdown every single week. Something like this is going to happen. But you can use this as an opportunity to scoop him up and potentially um, play him as as a flex or even a wide receiver too. Yeah, I actually really like him as a as a you know trade and maybe bench stash because his week 16 and 17 uh, games, which for most people would be their fancy semifinals and championships, he gets Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, which you can really take advantage of those two teams. Um, if you can make it there, if you're a strong team, maybe look at giving up uh, some of your wealth to acquire Elijah Moore as a you know kind of a uh, championship stash. Uh, so I do like the buy on that as well. Uh, I wouldn't be spending a ton of money because I don't know if he's, you know, completely reliable for for the rest of, uh, you know, your stretch run here. But if you can get to the playoffs, I think he'll be useful. How about a guy here that uh, many people picked in the first round? If you had him, um, Saquon Barkley, uh, like a real down week here, nine point three points. You're certainly hoping for better out of that uh, with a guy that you've spent a high capital on. See a guy that you're buying or selling, um, trying to get in or out of the market of Saquon Barkley. I don't know what to think of this Giants team. Uh, They just fired Jason Garrett. Uh, You know, Joe Judge had a lot of nice coach speak saying he was going to get the ball to his playmakers. Um, Saquon Barkley would be your best playmaker. Uh, However, just... He needs a big one. Otherwise, you're not going to get the value. He needs a big pop run or a big pop screen. Um, you know, it doesn't look like this Giants offense is going to be in scare, uh, scoring territory very often. So if you're looking for a bunch of goal line touchdowns or red zone work, um, I, I, you know, this is a sell for me, Kevin. Try to sell him based on the name. Try to sell him based on, you know, he's gotten four or six He's gotten 10 catches since he's been back, but I, I really I was too exposed to Saquon Barkley this year, and I regretted every second of it. Um, I would sell Saquon Barkley if you can get um, some name boost in a va- in value. Yeah, and maybe on on the other side of that, an opportunity to buy him, um, especially in a league where there is a punishment. Uh, a, a team that drafted Saquon Barkley is probably doing pretty poorly at this point, probably trying to dodge the beer mile or trying to dodge another um, punishment uh, in, in the league. So I, you might be able to uh, get somebody or f- find another owner that just needs one or two wins and is really going to try to trade up from um, Saquon. And I'm a fan of cream rises. I believe in Saquon Barkley. I think a competent, play caller will get the ball in his hands especially in the passing game so i i like a sneaky buy if you can get him at a low price and catch somebody maybe a little scared yeah you know buy low is a you know interesting way to look at it for sure i think you know a lot of saquon barkley owners probably have that sunk cost fallacy that we've talked about is they you know uh they win all out for him in the late first early second uh they're thinking that he should get that value back. Uh, he's not. Um, so, you know, if you're smart enough to realize his true value, uh, maybe you can go out there and, uh, you know, make a trade. Uh, another guy here who's been, you know, hot and cold all season, T Higgins, Kevin, what are your thoughts on T? T 
T. Higgins um, was a guy that you needed to trade for, trade for before Week 12 because in Week 12, six catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that, that that reminds you that T. Higgins can be an elite player. Um, so I, I'm firmly out on, on buying because of the price. When an owner just had him, maybe they had benched him, but they, they want to get him back in the lineup. You can't buy him, but you might be able to sell off of this high. Um, there are some concerns with um, how well Joe Mixon has been doing and with how well Jamar Chase has been doing this season, that, that um, those point totals will kind of ebb and flow. Um, so if, if you can catch somebody that maybe the opponent that you faced in week 12 um, and, and got burnt by T Higgins, uh, if you can try to trade him away to that team or somebody else that was really kind of zoned in on what he did here, um, you can probably sell him, but it's, it's tough because I believe in the guy. I think he will do well, um, but there's just no possibility to buy for him and um, to get good trade value with he, the dips that he has had this season is, is going to be tough. So you might be forced into a hold. Yeah, I think this is, depends a lot on your roster construction. What kind? What type of wide receiver are you looking for? Um, T. Higgins, incredibly, uh, you know, um, if he gets a touchdown, it's a big day. If he doesn't, you know, it's not a it's not a weak breaker as we've seen some other wide receivers. He had that low uh, total uh, two weeks ago with 3.5, but other than that, he's been pretty solid over 13 fantasy points. Uh, you know, over that 10 fantasy points. If you need a, a really consistent guy on your team, I think you hold him. Uh, if you're looking for more of a you know splashy play, try to sell T. Higgins off this high. Uh, maybe get a player that like Jalen Waddle, you know, is trending up uh, and see if you can make a package deal or something. Uh, you know, this would be the time to trade T Higgins if you are looking for a different receiver. Next guy here on the list, um, Nick Chubb had um, a particularly down week, 5.9 points. Uh, we did see Cream Hunt come back and, and limited work. Um, but that, that Cleveland offense just looked bad. Where, where do you stand on Nick Chubb? Yeah, we have the bye week here, which, um, you know, they're entering a bye. So I actually like this as, uh, you know, a sell, Kevin. Um, you mentioned Kareem Hunt coming back. Um, you don't love that you're trying to sell him off a, off a low performance. Nick Chubb, though, big name, had those 30, 22-point games right before the stinker. Um, you know, see what you can get because he does face kind of a rough schedule, faces Baltimore out of the bye, uh, Green Bay, Pittsburgh in the fantasy playoffs, uh, two tough defenses. Um, and you mentioned it, the Browns have looked, you know, worse for wear. Uh, I, that's, that's putting it nicely, I would say. <laughs> um, and so I, I'm trying, maybe trying to sell Nick Chubb, especially if you're not in a keeper league. Yeah, for me, this comes down to where are you in the standings and where is Nick Chubb's um, owner in the standings? Uh, heading into the buy, a real late season buy, there's teams that absolutely need a win that can't afford to have that buy. So in that, that situation, if if you have Nick Chubb and you can sell for a player that is playing this week, do it. Um, or if you're on the other side, you don't necessarily need a win this week, but you have a guy that or, but you're looking for a guy that could put up some high high points and, and potentially decent matchups later in the season, you can scoop him up. Um, there are red flags out there with Cream Hunt coming back. 
Cleveland's offense looking bad um, and the buy that you could probably get a pretty reasonable price for him. So for me, this is really dependent on where your team is in the standings. I do like buying him in situations where um, I, I don't necessarily need a win now, but I, I, I need a good player on my team for the playoffs. And speaking of, uh, you know, running backs who you think are good players, uh, you know, as the number one David Montgomery stand, uh, where are you at on the buy and sell on David Montgomery? In any situation, I love buying David Montgomery. Um, he, you've, you've had some tough weeks um, playing him the last three or, um, yeah, since he's come back, 10 points, 7.7 points, and 10.4. Um, but that just screams uh, <laughs> low price. I, I think David Montgomery, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep being a David Montgomery stan. I'm going to say buy him. Um, I, th- I think that offense is looking for things that click. Um, and David Montgomery, when it, when all the dust settles, he's going to be um, a great player and an offense that needs to somehow f- find ways to score points. They're going to get him more involved in the passing game. They're going to get him um, more high-value carries toward or inside the red zone um, if they can get there. I, I do like David Montgomery. And David, if you're listening to this, Kevin would love, you know, that kickback that you've been, you know, wait, you've been paying him to shout him out <laughs> on every podcast. Um, but I actually like him as a buy as well. And this is kind of similar to Elijah Moore. He has to face Minnesota and Seattle in the fancy playoffs to uh, of the worst run defenses in football. Uh, I think Montgomery can eat those defenses up in a crucial time for you. So once again, try to go out there and get this guy on kind of you buy low situation. Uh, I'm guessing the owner who has Montgomery has been frustrated, as you mentioned, with the low point totals coming back from injury. Um, Go get him for the fantasy playoffs. He might even have another couple of clunkers these next few weeks facing Arizona and Green Bay, but some juicy playoff matchups that, you know, you can exploit. Also, David Montgomery, if you want to order from Instacart, you can head to that link, instacart.oloiyb.net slash momagieffl. Um, get your groceries there. I, I know you have a, a little bit of uh, probably money to burn. We'd, we'd appreciate that <laughs> kickback too. But I do expect the uh, shout-out kickback in my Venmo this week. All right. Um, we'll do a kind of a little mini question, question time, Kevin. I see that you have a, a question for me. Yeah, so um, two guys that have – really kind of risen into really favorable situations in the the last week. Um, Eli Mitchell or Alexander Madison rest of season, where do you stand? I know stand on that. I know you have both of them in the TKD league, um, which is why I think this is a very relevant question. Yeah. uh, Kevin, this all comes down to schedule and and I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell. I, Madison has a juicy matchup against Detroit this weekend. However, he has to face Pittsburgh on a short week. Uh, Chicago, which, you know, you know, medium matchup, but then faces the Rams and Green Bay in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, tough defenses. I think he's going to get a lot of work. But it, on the flip side, Elijah Mitchell has been in almost all the work, except for some Debo Samuel carries. And he gets to face in the fantasy playoffs Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston. So quite a difference there in quality of matchups. And uh, I think Elijah Mitchell has not only, uh, you know, been a nice player all season, but he's trending up. 
uh, seen 27 carries in the last two games that he's played. Just a massive workload. Uh, also chipped in five catches, which has been um, something we haven't seen from him. And if he can do that, you're looking at a superstar in the playoffs. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I have a question for you, but we need to kind of hop down in the war room, Kevin, because this is a general fantasy question. Um, and I'm about to go off, so we need to get in the safety of the bunker. Um, <laughs> because I have gotten absolutely fucked by defenses the last two weeks. Uh, I faced, uh, you know, last week I got that big Rams implosion where they went for, I think, 26 points. Or I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know who it was at this point. They scored 26 points on Thursday night. Um, and then this this week I got Miami Dolphins fucked. 26 points. I guess my question is, kickers in you know defenses slash special teams, what are their roles in fantasy going forward? I am on the fence of saying get rid of them and you know add in another flex or add in a third wide receiver. Make your league more interesting than these completely fluky positions that you know are completely predicated on random touchdowns. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. Where kickers and, and defenses come in is it just adds some variability to a given matchup. Anything can happen um, with, is this defense going to score a touchdown? Is that defense going to score a touchdown? Um, it, it's very, very tough to predict, almost impossible. Um, so in serious leagues, I think we've, we've we've seen a lot of leagues move away from them. Um, I think Scott Fishbowl was kind of most notable this year in actually boosting a lot of kicker points to try to make them more relevant. But I, I think it just adds more variability. You get hurt more um, when, you know, Justin Tucker didn't attempt a field goal this game. Or um, this random, if Joey Sly comes out and kicks four field goals against me, like I don't feel like I really lost that matchup for any reason other than I got really unlucky with um, what happened. So until ESPN or Yahoo changes their defaults, um, I don't see a real mass movement in moving away from that. But if you're in a league that is flexible in changing settings, I, I do personally like moving away from them. Um, just taking out some of that variability where you can't really predict it. It's not making sure that the better owners are winning um, those weeks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, another pivot point, I think, too, is uh, individual defensive players. Um, that brings in, you know, the variability of it where if I'm drafting Eric Kendricks as my individual defensive player, I know, you know, on a given week, he's probably going to be around 10 tackles. You know, he's he, as far as linebackers go, he's a better option for an interception. And when you're looking at that, is that not what we're doing with every other player? All right, Elijah Mitchell is going to get like 20 carries and, you know, might get a touchdown. Defenses, what are you like? What are we even doing with defenses? Uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins are going to get a touchdown this week. No, we can't predict that. We can't predict anything. You know, Like you said, the variability in it is maddening to where there's different areas there's different things we can go to like picking an individual defensive player every week uh you know you can be, like you said it's making it so 
owners who do not deserve to win are lucking into a 26-point random defensive special team play. They picked up the Dolphins because they're playing Houston. All right, now I can see the reasoning behind that. They're probably going to, you know, uh, limit Tyrod Taylor and that Houston offense, so they're going to be around like seven, eight points, or they take pick one of them off and it goes into the end zone, or in this case, they block a punt, which is even more or less predictable, and score a touchdown. I don't like it. I I, I think in fantasy a lot of the fun of it for me at least and i think a lot of the fun of it for you and a lot of players is there's advantages to be made there there's little small advantages that you can get if you are paying attention and defenses defensive and special teams and kickers are just completely random uh, other than like maybe a few way lopsided matchups yeah if you have kickers in your league and i i see a lot of things on twitter about oh we wouldn't it be funny to throw punters in? I mean, you might as well. If you have kickers in there, it's probably just as variable um, to just throw punters in there while you're at it. So I, depending on what your league's like, is it a silly league where you're going to play punters and kickers? Or is it competitive where you're picking players that are going to do better? Get rid of them. Um, I do like the idea to go to individual defensive players. I, in my family league, we used to do that, and that was a lot of fun to get Levante David or um, some some of those guys to get over 100 tackles in the season, and, and it makes you follow those defensive box scores a little bit closer, um, which, which is fun and you know probably a a more uh, predictable and exciting way to get defense involved in fantasy. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know. If someone plays Xavier Howard and he picks off something, well, okay, I, I I would much rather have that happen to me because he the whoever the owner was zeroed in on a matchup and picked the right player. This is just completely random blocked punt. Nobody fancy relevant was out on the field even, uh, and it's just fluky. Uh, this is like the third year I think where I've had two losses exclusively because a defense went off against me. Was one of those um, so, uh, New England last year? By yes. Years truly? Or, oh, that was two, great. I think that was two years two ago years. where they were like averaging 25 points. That one I respected. They were averaging that many points. <laughs> it's predictable. Uh, but rant over. I, I'm I'm just tired of losing to fluky things like that. And, um, you know, as someone who takes, you know, every week seriously and picking out my best lineup, it does, you know, it's just kind of a slap in the face that, you know, that can happen to you and you can't really do anything to against it because your defense is not going to score 26 points. Well, Rant are, over, are you, Kevin. Are, yeah, are you done dropping nukes? Yeah, fuck the haters. Yeah. Done, done dropping nukes. It's probably safe to climb out of the war room. So that was the uh, mashed together uh, recap and strategy guide all in one episode. Kind of flew through it, but a lot of really good, dense information. Um, any final words for the listeners? No, I, I like what you said. We covered a lot of players there, Kevin. Uh, you know, I'm not going to count them, but I think around 20 individual players and, you know, mentioned a few outside of that. So um, I'm guessing we hit almost every player's, uh, you know, every roster that imaginable there. Yeah. And, and one last note, get defenses out of your league for for Logan's sanity, please get defenses. Please, please. 
Uh, all right, folks, uh, that is the Mash Together strategy recap. Uh, we'll see you in the primer. See you.